Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. I'm glad you know, beloved, in this body of Jesus, which he's raised up, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I believe, beloved, tonight, not in dead doctrine, not in sermons on this, but the actual working out of his body by the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of lip service today. There's a lot, lot of doctrinal pamphlets. There's a lot of ministries set forward by men. But when Jesus said that he would build his church, he meant it. And beloved, he's building it by his Spirit. <clears throat> and we know that he is the head, and we might know it literally up here that he is the head. But I believe that in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And there are no central personalities in this body of Jesus Christ. He set spearhead ministries, which I believe have been moving down the years. And we've read about in history and this century. But beloved, he's making one body after his own fashion by the Holy Ghost. And he's bringing ordinary men and women, brothers and sisters like you and I, into this fullness that we might taste and see that God is good and receive of his fullness. It's the living Christ flowing into the members. Paul says in Ephesians 1 that God has given him to be head over all things to the church. And beloved, if we are the church and we are the living members of the body of Christ, the Lord wants us to function as he would, not after man's order. Amen. You see what's happened down the years down the centuries. God has moved in by his Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost has done a wonderful work. And man with his power of organization and method has stepped in and tried to put a box around the blessing of God. And what's happened? The anointing has departed and God the Holy Ghost has moved on. The cloud has gone on and they have been left just preaching to the converted and carrying on, ministering one to the other as best as they can. Beloved, the body of Christ, you and I, is an organism. Bless God! Not an organization. And man has sought to put his own stamp upon what God has done. The Word of God is not bound, and you cannot confine the Holy Ghost. He was there at creation. The nerve of it, the audacity of the religious man to try to confine the Holy Ghost to certain times on a Sunday. Beloved, with, with God, that's just not on. He's building a church after his own fashion. His own stamp, beloved, the glory will fill the church. The glory will fill the church because he is the head. All things to the church. Whatever you need tonight, there is fullness in Christ. Listen, you can't get any fuller than full. It's right. You can't get any fuller than full up. 
because it spills over. Shaken to get together, pressed down, running over. And beloved, tonight, claim your portion if you want to be saved. Beloved, now is the time. For the Holy Ghost is moving. Not in the orthodox ways. He's not confined to men's method, as Henry was saying. He's not confined to what men have planned. We're going to have a campaign, they say. It's a be-all and end-all of things. It's the answer to our financial problems. Bring the folks in and they'll bring the money. Beloved, the Holy Ghost is not confined to what you and I think, to petty little organizations, to schemes and devices. No, no, he's moving in a wonderful way. Hallelujah. And beloved, he's not confined to healing campaigns. I said to someone last, last week and this week, I said, you have the power as a believer to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Bless God. It's given to the body. God has deposited the blessing and the anointing in the body of Christ. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for just one or two to keep giving you a push? Beloved, find out by waiting on God what your ministry is. And find out and use the little bits you've got because we have received of his fullness. If you've got a measure of the fullness of Christ, there's always some more, you know. I was telling some folks this week, certain folks get to a pitch of the blessing of God and they're like the grand old Duke of York. They get halfway up the hill. It's true. And they go round the same little bit of old hill. And they say, well, if things don't change, they'll, they'll stay as they are. What a pathetic philosophy that is. And they say, well, the old song used to say, Kesarah, whatever will be, will be. Beloved, the Spirit of God is moving on. And they're neither up nor down. And I'm going to tell you something. Unless we're filled with fire in these days of the Laodicean church age, God is going to spit us out of his mouth unless we're on fire. We're going to get spewed out. <clears throat> Beloved, God is, is not a God to be mocked. Beloved, this is why, you know, they talk about ecumenicism and charismatics and this business. Beloved, I tell you, there's only one Holy Ghost and there's no substitute for him. And if you've got the Holy Ghost, I tell you, beloved, what it'll do tonight is glorify Jesus. If you want to be, if you want to be seen tonight, just for yourself, I'm telling you, God won't bless you. But if you want Jesus ahead, flowing out of you, ministering to other members of the body of Christ, beloved, God will start to use you and you'll move on in power. Paul talks about the exceeding greatness of his power unto us. Well, what are we waiting for? Do we come week after week, year after year, just to get a bit of an uplift? Beloved, this gospel works seven days a week. You know, we were caught, somebody brought a little boy of 11 to our house this week to pray for him. The doctor had given him pills for his depression at 11. 11 year old. 
Beloved, we've got the power. And I prayed for him. And that headache went, beloved. It had to do. God loves the children. And the pains in his tummy and back went as well. Beloved, we've got it. We're supposed to be on call for Jesus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because if we've got the gods, use them. My father neither slumbers nor sleeps. Bless God. So what are we waiting for? Beloved, I tell you tonight, I tell you tonight he's moving in the church and there's not much time left. There's not much time left. He's getting this wonderful bride ready. He's building. Listen, the last bricks are nearly on. The roof is going on. The top's going on. Bless God. I was, telling a, I was telling a vicar the other week, he said, oh, it could be a long, long time. I said, well, you know when I've gone and you'll be left behind. And he didn't like that very much, but it's true, beloved. Jesus is coming very, very soon. And this is why folks are talking about the devil's power and what's happening. Listen, beloved, the cup of the church is filling up also. We're going to have the power and the anointing to match and more than match anything that the enemy will devise. Bless God. You know, people talk about spiritism and witchcraft, beloved. It's just the same God as in Moses' time. I'm telling you, we can more than match the power of the enemy. Onward, Christian soldiers. Praise God. You know, Moses, uh, Moses' rods and Moses' serpents ate up the ones of Pharaoh. And it's true, and it's still the same. I'm tired of apologies for this Christian faith and the body of Christ. Said to me, like a mighty tortoise. Move the church of God. Brothers, we've been treading where the snails have trod. I tell you, beloved, tonight, I tell you tonight, we're a strong remnant. Jesus is coming for a spirit-filled church. He can't have anything less. And he's emptying his ministries and his gifts. People talking about colleges and making pastors. Beloved, the shepherds sitting here in front of me. Men and women. I'm telling you, you say, well, we've no pastor, beloved. And you say, during the week, wherever you come from, our pastors, well, he don't look after us. Beloved, you can shepherd. There's a move of God. Now, now get hold of this. There's a move of God and a revival. If tens of thousands, I believe, are going to come in, what are we going to do with them? There ain't many amens to that. What are we going to do with them? Beloved, you've got to look after them. It's you, nobody else can. It's no use saying we'll bring 10,000 along. We couldn't get them in here anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. That's right. Listen, there's pastors. And there's prophets and evangelists and apostles, etc. in this meeting. Beloved, God is raising you. Young man, young man, young woman, what are you going to do with it? 
unsaved come to your home and they get saved and filled. You bring them here and they get filled with the glory of God, filled up with the Spirit. What are you going to do with them? You've got to look after them. Take up your responsibilities. This is what's been saying. Wonderful, Jesus. We've had them people have knocked on the doors even since we saw you last week. Bless God. I was asking the Lord at 3 o'clock, was it uh, Monday morning? I said, well, Lord, you promised the harvest. Just where I am. The phone rang at 10 to 9. A lady wanted to come, uh, wanted us to come. And she had a, a trapped psychic nerve. We ended up praying for her and telling about Jesus Monday morning. God's real. God put me right on the spot. It's all right me talking, but it's, it's action that he wants. Wonderful Jesus. And we're able, we've been able to minister brothers and sisters if we've received the fullness of God. God is sending out this mighty army. Who are you leaning on tonight? If you're leaning on somebody in this meeting, your props might be taken away quicker than you think. I'm telling you. Your, your props might suddenly go when you're on your own. It's you and God and you're in the majority. What are you going to do? Beloved, this wonderful fullness, this wonderful vision, this wonderful glory, this wonderful anointing is deposited in the body of Christ. You know, it used to be special men. Listen, I've got a BA tonight. I was listening. You have. You have. I'm a BA. I'm born again. You know, they used to say about ministers and, and, and those in religion, they're going under by degrees. <laughs> but, but I've got a degree in heaven. And listen, the degree of the anointing is rising. Can you take it tonight? Now listen, can you hold the anointing of that Spirit of God? You know what I mean? Can God channel that mighty blessing in the right way through you? Not just having a good time, it's just praying. It's delivering men and women from this present wicked age. Beloved, it's reaping time. I'm telling you, this year, it's reaping time. Oh, bless God. There's a wonderful harvest this year. Now it's February. And I'm not fixing any date or being prophetical in any way. But the time is short. The Spirit of God, men I talk to, letters we get and all this on the phone. Beloved, God is moving by His Spirit this year and men are becoming increasingly excited. Get yourself ready, beloved. Listen, your lifestyle might be upset when the Spirit of God moves. Your, your little set routine that you had might all be disturbed and you might not like it. I'm telling you, but get in. Because God's going to give you spiritual kiddies. Little children, born again of the Spirit of God. Bless God. He's here. He's here. Listen, I'm going to tell you this, folks. You're going to get such a blessing tonight. You're going to be saved. You're going to be healed. And you're going to be, be delivered, beloved. Not through any formal appeal or anything like that, but by the Spirit of God moving. Listen, yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. Because listen, if you're not right, and, you're not, and I am not pure in every motive, how, how are we going to look after spiritual babies that are going to come in? We've got to be right with God. And absolutely pure, so that 
The head, we've got to please the head. I'm not after pleasing men. I don't care what man thinks. I'm after pleasing him in all in him. Because in Jesus, the last chapter, the first of Ephesians, the last verse says that the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now that's not dead doctrine as we used to have, which set organized ministries. But beloved, God is raising evangelists and apostles on shop floors. Men and women who are going to take up the challenge of this last brief hour. I believe it's as it were one minute to midnight, beloved. I'm telling you, so let's get our minds and our hearts cleared and move on the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Friends, wherever we are, we were with some... Was it last night, Valerie? We were some... They asked us to go to a little house where some brethren, young folk, have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, set on fire. And a lot of the brethren people, bless them, have been so dead nuts against the Holy Spirit these days. And God's moved in upon the young folk. And they wanted more from God. And were able to pray because some of them had a need. Beloved, just in a little house. It's wonderful what God's doing. Take up the challenge, beloved. It's a joyful hour, but the responsibility, the responsibility is solemn. And I'm glad tonight that I'm in this body of Christ because he set me. If you've got doubts tonight, listen, what God set, man can't upset. If he's put you there where you are in your ministry, well, get on with it because you're in the majority with God. The Lord bless you. Amen. Isn't it lovely? Isn't it lovely? Honestly. What can we say? Well, I, I believe you're all getting a fill up. And I think we have a good plan now. Everybody get mixed up for this next ten minutes. Go around shaking hands, give them a hug, give them a kiss. In the balcony everywhere, stand up everybody. Go on, just bless one another. Just bless one another. Hi.
bless me with a word while I was off because I it, it's a funny thing you know sometimes when we ask God to do something for us we get upset because he seems to do the opposite well I got up in the early hours of one morning and I was concerned that because I wanted to see a greater move of the spirit I wanted to see something real happening I wanted to see people really born again, sick bodies healed. I wanted to see backsliders restored. And one morning, I got up in the early hours of the morning, I went downstairs and I laid hands on myself and I prayed for myself. I got hold of my head like this and I committed this body, my soul and my spirit to God. I gave it to him in a new way and I asked God to take it and to use it. You know, there's times when I wish I could get out of this old body 
I do. I wish it tightly. You know, there's something in me that wants to run on for God. And the only thing that seems to hold me back is this blooming old body. It holds me back one way or the other. And I feel at times I want to chuck it off I'll go and get on with something real. Leave the blooming rotten old thing behind, I think, at time, because it's nothing but a menace to me. I want to get on and move for God in realms of reality. Because you know I can say tonight this, that God is real to me. He's real in my heart. He's real in my soul. He's wonderful. He's blessed. And I thank him tonight for all that he's done. But I want to tell you tonight the most wonderful thing that God ever did for his people was to set them aside, to make them different to everything else and everybody else. Right back in the beginning, when God first created man, you know, God formed man just like the beasts of the field. He made you. Just like the cattle that were in the backfield. Just like the, the, the birds of the air. He was just like that in the beginning. His forefathers was just like that. Part of. You was just a part of. You was just a part of God's creation. Because God created. God created. All the, 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 this earth as it were. It created the animals. It created the fish. It created the sea. It created everything. And out of the creation. It formed man. A part of. God's creation. That's all we were. But God intended us. To be different. He got down and he breathed into him. And man suddenly became a living soul. He was no longer a part of God's creation. He became a living soul. God made him different, set him aside. And you know, while I was off sick, I opened my Bible. I've told Henry about this. It so blessed me. It frightened me at the time. I've got a blessing from the concordance. I'm one of them people that needs a concordance. I'm not ashamed of it to do. I need a concordance. I don't know all my verses and scriptures. I can't reel them off. But like I told you the other week, I don't know all the roads, but I'm not lost. I'm not lost. But I tell you this, the word said, God, God, God shut them in. God shut them in. And you know, suddenly the Bible became alive to me. God shut them in. I'm, I'm going to look for this. It was about Noah and the ark. And as I began to read it, I got so excited and yet so burdened. Because as I read it, I began to realise what God was saying. He, he, 
began to speak to Noah and tell him to build an ark. He told him all the dimensions, what he was to do with it and how he was to do it. In other words, he put the whole thing into his hands and said, here are Noah, get on with it. He trusted him. He left him to do it. And when he'd built it, God trusted him again. He trusted him to call in the animals that he told him and the amount and the sexes. God trusted him to do it. All this. And he did it as unto the Lord. But the one thing that God didn't trust him to do was to shut the door. It says God shut him in. Oh, God closed the door. Why did God close the door? God trusted him to make the ark. He trusted him with the animals. He trusted him to tell the people. But he couldn't trust him to shut the door. And at that very moment, I put my Bible down and I got down on my hands and knees because I realized that there was something precious in the fact that God shut the door. I said, Lord, why did you shut the door? And God started to speak to me about the love of God. About the love of God. The love of God, Henry. Not your love and not my love, but the love of God. And as I, I prayed and I earnestly prayed, I said, Lord, why? Why? Why did you shut him in? And then God began to show me the difference in my love and his love. He said, when the floods came up, and when it began to rain and man saw that what Noah had told them was coming to pass, at that time the fear of God would enter into the hearts of the people and then would they begin to hammer on the ark and say, Noah, let us in. And the love that Noah had, he'd have opened the door and he'd have let him in. But the love of God separated Noah and his family from the rest of mankind. God separated them in his love. And the wrath of God separated the others from him. And as I felt this coming from God, the words of God came back to me. As in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. God has called us to be separated unto him. And your biggest enemy tonight is not the sinner that you work with. It's a religious man that you're rubbing shoulders with. He's your enemy tonight. He's the one that's going to cause you to backslide. He's the one that's going to put doubt and fear into your heart. And unless you let God shut you in, when the religious man begins to hammer on the door of your heart, you'll let him in. And he'll sink your ship for you. The love of God will tell you that we can be amongst the people who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. We have some lovely young people in here tonight and they won't mind me saying this.
But they've had doubts put in their hearts as to whether they're saved. They've had doubts put in their hearts as to whether they're baptized in the Holy Ghost. From sinners? From drunkards? From adulterers? From liars and cheats? From the religious man? From them who say that they're called by his name? And I remember this, that when I was first, very first born again, one of the things I was taught was that in the old priesthood, the pomegranate, the pomegranate was always in the forefront. And I remember a spiritual mother saying to me, cut one open, cut one open, and you'll see that every seed is separated and it's covered with something that looks like blood. And I thank God that in my early days I was told this, be separate unto him through the shed blood of Jesus. As in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. The word of God says, if your hand offend you, If your eye offend you, pluck it out. The things that are an offence unto my spirit is not the sinner, but the religious man. He is the one that always comes and tries to rob me of my peace and my blessing. I tell you, I can live at peace with the people that I work with. I know some lovely people that I work with. I don't get aggro, as it were, from the people that I work with, the unsaved. But from the religious man, he's always there. He's always trying to pull me back. He's always trying to tell me to settle down or there's something better and deeper than the things of God. But I know that my reality lies in being separated unto him and living in the freedom that God has put me in. And he says, stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has set you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Jesus sat with the publicans and the sinners. He went and drank with them. He talked with them. He found pleasure in them. But he said to the religious man, you put burdens on the people that they can't bear. He had trouble with them all his life. From the time he began to minister to the time he went to the cross, it was a religious man that, that troubled him all the way along the line. Religion, 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 all the way along the line. But God has called us to be separate. And if you want to really decide whether you've got a wishbone or a backbone, you'll decide to stand against the religious man. If I said, put your hands up tonight, and I don't want you to, but if I said to you tonight, put your hands up, you people who've been misled and caused to lose your love and your peace and your joy in these so-called uh, denominational churches or uh, even Pentecostal churches 
And I'm not going to say I'm sorry tonight. I'm not sorry. I've been told so many times that I'm wrong. That I'm wrong in saying these things. But a pastor, a pastor is not a man who kneels down and has hands laid on him and says, Brother Arise, you're a pastor. Every man's ministry is according to the ministry that he fulfills. The laying on of hands won't make him a minister. When he begins to minister and lead people into life, when a pastor leads men and women into pastures where they can feed and grow, when evangelists can make simple the gospel that the simple and the unlearned can understand it, when the prophets can prophesy true prophecies, when those with the gift of healing can lay hands on the sick and they recover, they are men of God. When men and women are led of the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Not by the laying on of hands, not by going into colleges, not by coming out of a college and be called pastor, vicar, or whatever you want to call them. But when we're called of him and we fulfill our ministry. And I tell you this tonight, that so many of you have come to this place tonight because in the past you've had a burden on your heart because you want to see more of God. And the only place that you're going to lose it, what God has done for you, is with the religious man. And if you are looking to go to work tomorrow and think that that unsaved foreman or that unsaved woman next to you is going to rob you of your victory, you've got another thing coming. I'll tell you who's waiting for you. Some of them pastors that hand out the three-day passes. They do. They're always handing the three-day passes out. All right. You can go three days into the wilderness. Three days you can go into the wilderness and worship God. But leave everything else behind. Leave your cattle and all your goods and everything. And you and your people, you can have three days' journey into the wilderness and there worship God. But then you're coming back again. But then you're coming back again. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And I'm going to tell you something else. That the way you go on with God affects my spiritual life. Brother, you affect me. Sister, the way you go on with God affects me. Henry, the way you go on affects me. It doesn't only affect my spiritual life, but it affects my health, my mental health. It affects everything about the way you go on. Because when we do just what we were singing about tonight, when we're determined that like a mighty army moves the church of God. It's then when every one of us shall be of a sound mind, of a sound spirit, and of a sound body. Our sister, the last time I was here, she blessed me by saying this, we don't go in to the waters, just point the rod. Point the rod, the rod of truth. And this is what will set the people free. And I tell you this, that it's as though we're waiting. 
It's as though we're waiting all the time for something mighty to happen. We talk about fire, shut up in your bones. That's just how I feel at times. I do get depressed at times, brother. It's nothing to do with any... Uh, anything to do with the devil at all. He's got nothing to do with it. He's got nothing in me. He's got nothing in me. The thing that depresses me is that I feel that I want to go for God. And I feel that there's something that's holding me back all the time. I feel as though I'm on a production line. And that I want to get on with the building of the cars, but somewhere along the line, somebody's decided to go on strike. And I can't get on with the job. Frustration. Spiritual frustration. Because we've so much that God has given to us. So much that God has given. So much power. So much freedom. So much determination that God has given it. It's so precious. Men have given their lives for it. And we begin to talk about the love of God. We don't know what we're talking about. I've, well, every time when people start to talk about me to try and turn my mind off the, the path that I'm walking, I look back at the men whoever did anything for God. Men, whoever did anything for God. For any man who ever dared to give himself to God and any man who ever did anything at all for this country, they was the Wesleys and the Booths and the said, and what did they preach? A gospel of wishy-washy stuff of social security, of spiritual security inside a, a little building like this. They warned the people to flee from the wrath that was to come. They're told of the love of God. They're told of the wrath of God. They got down on the knees before God. They gave their lives to God. They fasted and prayed. They get everything that they had. And they cared for nobody. They spoke the truth in all its fullness. And the thing that will rob you of your joy and your peace tomorrow, if you let it, will be the pharaohs of today, the religious man, because their hearts have been hardened. God has touched your life tonight. And before we go home, God is going to do something more precious in you. What I want you to ask you to do tonight is be real with God. Amen. Be honest with God. Isn't it just wonderful, brothers and sisters? How real this is. Time's gone. I, I, so many of us like to got up and dare I just do it? Is somebody quick? Amen. I can't go without saying it, I know that. Well, you know, just before I come out tonight, I've got a scripture, because I've got a promise box, and in this, uh, on this promise it says, the Lord, who the Lord loveth, he chastises and scourges every son. Amen. Well, you know, I feel like I, as I said to the Lord the other day, I feel like I've been put through a mantle. 
and he keeps pulling me through that mandle because he wants to bring so much good out. And you know, all that Fred's been saying tonight is my desire in my heart, it's the burden in my heart to see things, to see the power and demonstration I read about, I've heard people tell me about, and I've never seen it. But tonight I had a taste of it. Tonight, God did something to me. Nobody knows, but God did something to me. And I know it deep in here. And he gave me a scripture the other night. It says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And it's by faith, he said. By faith, now, the scripture that he gave me, that you don't see it, you hope for it. Faith is a thing that, a substance of a thing that you don't see, you hope for. And this is a two he gave me the other night. And tonight, come in here... He knew, what, he knew what I needed, and he's done exactly what I needed. And he will take me on, and all that they've been saying here tonight, let me tell you, I've read quite a lot of books just lately on blessing and on praising God. And this one man, it's called The Key of David that I've been reading, and it said that there's 600 scriptures about praise. Now, to them people out there that don't believe in praise, they want to search that Bible because it's full of it, absolutely full of it. If you don't feel like it, praise him. If you do feel like it, praise him. Whether you've got any feelings, you know, praise him. It's all praise him, praise him, praise him. Amen. 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 And you know, this is what's been coming over to me. You know, I've got up sometimes and I've thought, well, I don't feel like doing it, Lord. But I'm going to do it. I've marched round my ass, because I'm on my own quite a lot, and I marched round my ass, I get my tambourine, and the kids say to me, Mummy, I you last night, you want to half playing that tambourine again. But I've got to do it. I'll tell you something now, if I don't get up in the morning and start saying, well, praise the Lord, I'm, towards the end of the day, I'm right down. So I start learning myself. Get up, start praising God. Start praising him in everything. You know, whether you feel like it, whether you don't. I'm going round the house all the time, singing to him. Because he said that he wants me to sing to him from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. Yeah. The Lord's name shall be praised. Yeah. And, you know, it can be, no matter where you are, at work, you can go along, just sing a little song. You know, just get by yourself. If you're around a lot of people, you know, go off into the toilet if you want to, if you're too afraid to do it in front of them. But, you know, the other night, I... David's uncle phoned me up. Now, we've not heard from him. I didn't even know he had one until the other year, until one of his uncles had died. And he phoned, him, phoned me up like, and Dave wasn't there, and I, I spoke to him on the phone, and I thought, well, no matter how I feel, I'm going to get the gospel over to this man. I'm going to tell him that I believe in Jesus. And I had to start off in a way that I never started off the gospel. I usually tell people the gospel my way, but it come out that he went to church, David's grandparents were Baptists, and I ended up saying I'm a Pentecostal just to try and get over, but I said about Jesus Christ being my saviour. You know, and I told him in a few words, and I believe they've gone over. And you know, it's funny because I said to the Lord, Lord, I don't go out to work, I'm at home all the time, and we've just, it's just, the Lord's just blessed me, our dog, with five little pups, and I saw them being born. And you know, they really are a blessing to me, I've got to look after them. And it's like having five little babbies in the house, I'll tell you, and they're really lovely. And it gives me a real enjoyment with them. But I said to him the other day, I said, Lord, no matter who comes into my house, you want me, in some way, tell them what I stand for. And I had a woman come round the other morning, I hadn't heard from her from ages, you know, and she phoned me up on the phone and she says, can I come round, I've got something to tell you. And I've never said this before to her, I says, oh, praise the Lord, come round. And I thought, right, the door's been opened there. And she went on and on and on. I thought, it's no good. I'm going to have to get in here somewhere. And she knew Sally, so I says, 
oh, you know Sally, don't you? She says, oh, yes, she's a bit religious. I said, well, I'm like her. I said, I'm a Christian. You know, <laughs> I thought, well, I'm going to go it in. Do you know? And if you go up here, this is what I find, if I get up here and say these things, because my testimony ain't years ago, it's now. You know, I mean, it's continuing, and I've got an up-to-date testimony. What I've, what's happened to me this week has happened, and here I am, I've got an up-to-date testimony. Right. You know, and I'm going to have an up-to-date testimony next week. I'm not going to have a stale one. Don't want a stale one. That's right. You know, we're going on. That's right. And thank God. So get praising him, and get looking for them scriptures, because they're there, them that don't believe it. They want to get looking for them, and start praising God, because he deserves it. And I love him. Bless the Lord. A night when mighty signs and wonders are done by waking up the sleeping church and by going for this to set the captive free. Oh, in the name of Jesus, Lord, just now thy will be done in every heart. Lord, we pray as they go home, they're the people that take knowledge of them. They've been with Jesus. They've been with Jesus. Oh, God bless them. Give them traveling mercies. Keep them in love with one another. And help every one of us, anything you're wrong in our eyes, to put it right with our brothers and sisters and to set up there for a mighty Holy Ghost revival. Just bless this land of ours. Bless all our, those who are in authority now. Give them wisdom and give them guidance. And we pray, O oh God, in Jesus' mighty name, think you will make Great Britain great again for thy glory. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. We'll take an offering for the glory of God, brother and sister. There's a cup of tea for everyone.